God is setting some things up for this conference and that God is truly, truly going to bless this church because you're making room for a uh, impartation to the next generation. And wherever there is room made for the prophetic, promise always shows up. And I feel like there's promise in this room. I said that in the first service, but I feel to say it again. There's promise in this place. The fulfillment of promise is in this place, better said. I feel it in the name of Jesus. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Second Kings. We're going to begin reading at chapter number 5, verse number 17. Second Kings chapter 5, verse number 17. What a beautiful presence of the Lord that came into this place during the first service. Thankful for those that were filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name. We ought to rejoice. Heaven is. Amen. Second Kings chapter 5, verse number 17. If you have it, shout amen. And Naaman said, Shall there not then, I pray thee, be given to thy servant two mules, burden of earth. Thy servant will henceforth offer neither burnt offering nor sacrifices unto other gods, but unto the Lord. In this thing pardon thy servant, that when thy master goeth into the house of Ramon to worship there, and he leaneth on my hand, and I bow myself in the house of Ramon, when I bow down myself in the house of, that the Lord thy servant would pardon me of this thing. And he said unto him, go in peace. So he departed from him a little way. Verse number 17, one more time. And Naaman said, shall there then, I pray, be given to thy servant two mules, burden of earth. And that's what I want to preach to you today. Two mules, burden of earth. Would you set your Bibles down? We have worshiped like we are apostolic. But before we go any further into this service, I wonder if we could pray like we are apostolic in this house. All across this house, would you lift your voice? Come on, I need you to drown the preacher out right now with a prayer meeting. Lord, I love you. Point me from the top of my head down to the very soles of my feet. Put your words in my mouth, God. There's people in this place that need a miracle. They need to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. So the compassion moving in this place of the Lord. The working of miracles and the gift of healing flow all through this house today. Put families back together. Heal minds. Touch broken hearts. Fill somebody with your spirit. Let somebody get the revelation of baptism in Jesus' name. This be a day where heaven truly touches earth. Come on, lift your voices for a little while longer. We're not going to get in a hurry right here. Come on, press in for a little while longer. Come on, right here on the onset, would you really lift your voices? Now mix that prayer with a hand clap unto the Lord. Amen. Should be in seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, You look better than I do. 
Turn to your other neighbor and say, I was just kidding. <laughs> Some of y'all just now realizing what you just said. Amen. When God made man, he made him with one specific intention. And that is that man might worship him and might know him and might call upon his name and know the power and the majesty of his name. God reached down and formed Adam from the dust of the ground. And his name literally means Adame is earth. He formed him from the earth. And the moment he breathed the breath of life into Adam, he did it so that Adam might lift his voice in worshiping the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Everything that we do, we should do it all in the name of Jesus. He walked with man in the cool of the day so that man might worship him in the majesty of his name. It's always been about a God and a people that understood who they were and that they would lift up their voice in worshiping him in his power, in his might, in his splendor, in his love, in his mercy, and in his grace. It's always been that man might know his creator and that creator might know his creation. That's what it's always been about. God wanted a people of his name. When God got ready to judge the earth, he sent a flood. When he flooded the earth, he found a man that was holy and he upheld the statutes of the Lord. His name was Noah. He builds a boat. He comes out on the other side of the flood. When he comes out, God looking for the next generation to reestablish his covenant with. Noah's son, he finds Shem. Shem literally meaning the name. He said that when I get ready to establish my covenant, it's going to be with the people of the name. Of the name. You find Abram. Abram is a descendant or Abraham of Shem. Because when God got ready to establish his covenant with a nation and with the people and with the place, it had to be descended from the name. It's always been about the name. It will always be about the name. The name of Jesus is the only name. Whereby we must, not we may, not hopefully, not probably, not we should, we must. There is no question mark. It's an exclamation point. We must be saved. He finds Abram. A descendant of Shem, a descendant of the name. And he says, I will bless you. I will multiply you. I will from you birth a nation. And this nation will be my covenant people. But only they would also have a land. And not only did he promise him a people, but he promised him a land. This land would be a place that wherever Abraham would go, when the sole of his foot would touch it, that would be his land. The promised land to a promised people. It's always been about a promised land 
and a promised people. Everything that's going on in Israel today, the contention is simply a promised land and a promised people. They are contending for a promised land. They are contending for a land that they believe God said, that's your holy land. That's your place. That's your home. We ought to contend for what God gives us. You ought not throw in the towel and just let somebody come take what God has given you easily. Somebody ought to leave this place with a little bit of a fight and say, God gave me this. And I plan on fighting for my promise. He said it's about a people. And it's about a land. Abraham has Isaac. Isaac is the continuation of the lineage of the name. Isaac has two sons, Jacob and Esau. Jacob. Jacob becomes the one that gets the covenant. It will now be established with Jacob. Jacob one day begins walking, getting ready for an encounter with God. He stumbles onto a place. He says, I'm going to call this Bethel, meaning the house of God. But after his encounter with God and God changing his name from Jacob to Israel, he says it's no longer just the house of God, but now it's the God of the house of God because God intends for us as a people to have more than just an experience with the building or with the program. He intends for you to have an experience with the God of the house. And when you have an experience with the God of the house, you'll leave this place with a new name. You may have walked into this place, John Doe or Mary Sue, but when you leave this place, If you'll be baptized in the name of Jesus, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you will leave wearing Christ. Wherefore, we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. We are buried with him in baptism. I can now cry, Abba, Father. It's got to be more than just a house. Don't go to anywhere where it's just a house. Don't go to a church where it's just a house. Don't call your place of assembly home if all you do is have an encounter with the house. You need to go somewhere where the God of the house shows up, where he'll heal your body, where he'll touch your family, where he'll change your name. You need an encounter. With the God of the house. I'm thankful for a church called East Wind. It's a beautiful building. We have a lot to offer. But more than anything, God dwells here. Uh, And he told Jacob, he said, I'm not going to call you Jacob any longer. You are now Israel. Israel. With the suffix El, meaning Elohim, the Almighty God. Israel is who you're going to be. And your descendants will be called the Israelites. But just following suit with the promised people and the promised land, you shall also call the land of which you dwell Israel. Because there's something about a promised people and a promised land. They begin to intertwine within one another. People begin to talk about the God that's in Israel. 
People begin to murmur about the God that's in Israel. People begin to know about the God that's in Israel. And when you find the setting of this beautiful miracle, it all begins with a little maiden that was stripped out of her country. And she was brought to serve a man by the name of Naaman's wife. She begins to serve Naaman's wife. But she knew of a God in Israel. And she tells Naaman's wife, I know your husband is a mighty man. I know your husband is a great general and a ruler of many armies. But there's only one thing that will cure him of his leprosy. And that is if he can get to the prophet that's in Israel. You see, you've got to understand there's something about somebody uh, that although she has been stripped uh, of everything that she was uh, and everything that she knew, uh, but was still able to preach, uh, there's a God uh, in Israel. Can I preach to somebody here today that feels like you've been stripped of your identity? You don't know who you are or where you are. But there's one thing you're sure of. There's a God that dwells in this house. And there's a man of God that understands the power of this healing Savior. She says... You've got to send him to Israel. You gotta go to the promised land and the promised people. And there's a man of God there that knows the power of God. You need a man of God in your life that knows the power of God. That knows how he operates. That can stand before you and say, Thus saith the Lord. And deliver a rhema word. A right now word. The kind of word that will redirect you. The kind of word that will help you. The kind of word that will correct you. That's the power of a man of God. And this rich man shows up. In the king's palace with a note from his king. He's standing in Israel with the king of Syria. His stamp of approval on this note. He hands it to the king. And the king reads it. Rinse his garment vexed. He said, how in the world do you expect me to be a man that can heal leprosy? There's something about somebody that understands the power of God. That even a king in Israel that was leading the people didn't even have the kind of relationship with God that a little maiden that was stripped from her country had. It don't matter your position. It don't matter how high you climb. It don't matter how much talent you've got. You've got to know your God. You've got to get a relationship with Him. You've got to commune with Him. You've got to talk with Him. You've got to know Him. He has to know you. This little widow woman knew about the God in Israel. But a king gets upset. And I love what the old prophet Elisha says. Why in the world have you rent your garment? Send him to me. That we might let Syria know there's a God in Israel. There's some folks in here that need to start preaching at the workplace. There's a God at East Wind. 
Hey, there's some people in the world uh, that are on their way to absolutely nothing. Uh, They're on their way to their demise. Uh, They're broken. They're shattered. Uh, They're riddled with the leprosy of this world. Uh, And unless somebody uh, gets a revelation, uh, there's a God uh, in it. And so the prophet tells him, let the fellow know, come see me, because I'm about to show Syria there's still a God in Israel. The world right now needs to know now more than ever, there's a God in Palm Bay. There's a God in Melbourne. There's a God in Florida. There's a God in the United States. There's a God in this world. I know your creator failed you, but let me tell you about the God that picked me up, turned me around, and... There's a God in this house. You might have stumbled into this place broken, not knowing where to go or what to do. Let me introduce you to my father. He's the greatest there has ever been and there will ever be. He'll save you. He'll take you as you are. Naaman, this mighty man. Rolls up to the prophet's house. Knocks on the door. Doesn't even get to meet the prophet. Just a servant. And the servant tells him something that will cause him great sorrow. Go dip seven times in the river Jordan. Jordan. Not Abana or Tharpar. These rivers are much more beautiful in my land Abana and Parfar, they're they're crystal clear. They're cool waters. You want me to go dip in the muddy waters of Jordan? You want me to go dip in that water, really? There's waters where I come from. But there's something important about Jordan. You see, Jordan, when they start trying to write about where it comes from, uh, all the psalmist could say was, it's like the dew. That descends down from Mount Hermon. That's all he could say in Jeremiah 18. He said it's like the faithfulness of the snow in Lebanon. That Lebanon is where Hermon is located. It's just about the faithfulness of the snow and the dew. And where does it come from? Heaven. You see, what he was trying to get him to realize is uh, you can trace Abana back to its source. Uh, You can trace Farpar back to its source. Uh, But when you try to find the source uh, of Jordan, uh, all you can do uh, is point uh, to the heavenlies. There may be prettier flows in the world, but this flow starts in heaven and comes down into a church building and starts rushing through this place. And it's ready to heal. It's ready to set free and it's ready to deliver. Or some of y'all need to get back in the flow. There's some of y'all that need to get back in the flow of Jordan. There's something about Jordan, Brother Avan. As I begin to study about the River Jordan, I begin to type it all in, trying to figure it all out. 
on my little Bible software. And the only two definitions that they could come up with for Jordan was one, the descender. You've got to hear that. The descender. It descends down. It doesn't come from the earth. It intertwines with the earth. But it comes from heaven. You see, Jordan starts up high. And as it begins to flood through Israel, the promised land, and it begins to irrigate the crops, the corn, and all of these things, the barley, it begins to get muddy. And it begins to get murky. But you can't deny its source. There may be prettier waters out in the world, but there's something about the descending water from heaven. And the second definition is the water judges. Jesus went down in that river. And when he went under and come out, there was a voice from heaven that judged. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You see, this flow will take you as you are. This flow, don't care how you've come, whether you've come broken, whether you've come busted, whether you've come hurting, whether you've come depressed, whether you've come anxious, whether you've come with addiction. All you need to know is when you get in the water, it says, whomsoever will, let them come and drink freely. There's something about the flow from heaven something about that flow something about that flow will wake you up in the morning something about that flow will give you strength for the day something about that flow you get down in the altar and that flow gets on you one more time and you came in broken but you left whole you came in sick but you left there's something about the flow do you feel it? Do you feel the flow in the house right now? Do you feel it's unexplainable, yet undeniable? All you know is there's something moving. There's something shaking. There's, it's the flow. It descends from a high place. It's dirty, but it's dirty because it's been feeding some things. You know what I found? That Jabok, where Jacob had his name changed, was actually a Transjordian breakoff. Sometimes you can't make your way all the way to the flow at Jordan. But God will break a little stream off and find you where you're at. And will change your name. He'll take you from a deceiver. He'll take you from a manipulator. He'll take you from an addict. He'll get down to where you're at. He'll say you came in the hill grabber. But you're leaving with the mighty God of Israel. There's some J-box flowing in this house. Lady in the first service accidentally came to East Wind, headed to the Mormon church. Isn't that right, Brother Richie? Accidentally came in here. Next thing she knew, she got in the flow. She wanted to be baptized. One of the ones that got baptized in this AM service, the earlier one. And she handed her Book of Mormon 
to Brother Richie and said, I don't think I'll need this anymore. There's something about the flow. It'll find you a Trinitarian and it'll show you hero Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord and thou shalt love him with all thy heart and all thy might and all thy soul. It'll tell you to bind it as a frontlet. Look at it everywhere you go. There's one God. There's one God and he's in the flow. Somebody ought to get up in the flow. Somebody ought to get up in the flow right now. There's some folks here right now. You've been in the flow. And just like Naaman, you dipped one time. And it didn't happen. Two, three, four, five, and now you're weary. Six, because you're obedient. But there's something about getting in the flow consistently. There's something about waking up anyhow a little early, praying and reading your Bible, and getting back in the flow before you go to work. Because when you find the flow, you just got to stay in the flow until it happens. I'm here to preach to somebody that's weary in well-doing. But if you faint not, I sense a due season in the atmosphere. Somebody needs to come to the altar one more time today. Somebody needs to make another trip for prayer one more time today. You know, Jeremiah has a 18... 14, in the NIV, or the New King James Version, says it like this. Will a man leave the snow water of Lebanon, which comes from the rock of the field? Will the cold flowing waters be forsaken for strange waters? That word strange waters jumped out at me last night. What are strange waters? Strange waters is some stuff that's being preached on the news and on media. Ah, yeah, causing you to have so much fear. Fear's a strange water. To us apostolics, fear's a strange water. Because if you really got perfect love, it'll cast that out. Hello, there's some strange waters. You've departed from the snowy waters of Lebanon to start drinking from the faucet of man-made profane waters. And those strange waters, you'll thirst again. Those strange waters will leave you hurting. Those strange waters will leave you broken. But if you ever get back in the divine flow of Jordan, I'm here to preach to somebody that's on your way out because you've been in the strange waters. Don't give up. Get back in the flow. One more time. 7 times he come up out of that water and he looked at his arms. I don't know if he had a mirror, but if he did, he would have looked in it. And he said, I'm like new all over again. Wherefore we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. 
Somebody in this place, you want to be made new. It won't happen in Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You are only a new creature in Jesus. Can I preach it like I feel it for just a moment? There's some folks who need to get back in the flow of living water. And you need to just stay there until it shifts. Until your life changes. Until your marriage gets put back together. Until your family starts back on the right path. Until you get filled with living water. You need to come one more time. He's coming back. He looks new, Bishop. He's amazed at how he looks. He goes to the prophet. And this time he gets a meeting with the man of God. And he's standing before Elisha. And him and Elisha having a little bit of an interaction. He says, I've got two talents of silver, 12 changes of garments. I've got gold. I've got everything you'll ever need. You can." And he says, no. No, I don't want your money because I didn't do this. God did it. There's about to be a declaration made in this house before you leave here. God did it. The preacher didn't have nothing to do with it. Hello. All I know is I stepped in the flow and I left chains. And all I can say right now is God did it. I said, God did it. I said, God did it. There's a God did it declaration in this house. There's somebody, if you'd get in the flow right now, you'd start saying, God did it. 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 Some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but I'll trust in the name of the Lord. No, it's not by might. No, it's not by power. It's by the Spirit. God's going to do it. God's going to change you. God's going to heal you. God's going to set you free. God's going to deliver you. God did it. Would you just worship him for a moment? No, we don't want your gold. We don't want your garments. We don't want your silver. But Naaman now has a request. Might I have two mules, burden of earth. Not the wine that Israel was known for. Not the frankincense and myrrh that Israel was known for. Not the olive oil that is found there. No, I need two mules, burden of earth. Why earth? Because he confessed to the prophet, there's no God like the God in the earth, in Israel. There's no God like the God you're feeling at East Wind. There's no God like the God you're feeling run through this place right now.
there's none like him. There's none beside him. He said, I looked all around and all I could see was me. There's none to my right. There's none to my left. There's one throne and one that sits on it. And his name is Jesus. There's no God like this God. There's no Savior like this Savior. You see, Exodus 20 and 24 says, outside of those altars that could be made with stones that were not hewn with man's tools, there was another altar that was allowed, an earth altar. And Naaman said, I can't just have the experience here. This experience has got to go home with me. There's some of us that need to build an altar back in our home. As thankful as I am for what I'm feeling in this house, I'm extra thankful that when I wake up in the morning, I'll dredge over to my office. I'll sit in my recliner and the very God I feel right here, he'll be waiting on me come morning time. Because if you really get an understanding of this God, you're wanting to go everywhere you are. Let me preach to the new convert that's here. This God wants to go home with you. This God wants to travel home with you. This God wants to abide in this fleshly tabernacle. He wants to come live on the inside. He wants to fill you with himself. And he wants you to be baptized in his name. So that he can go home with you. Now, to the saints of the Most High God. We got to quit being professionals in the house of God and not having anything at home with us. We need an altar at our job site. We need an altar in our living room. We need an altar while we're driving down the road. We need an altar while we're going throughout our day. Hello? You don't preach when I'm talking about miracles. Why don't we preach when I'm talking about building an altar at home? Why did he need the altar at home? Because he knew there was a king of the world waiting on him. The king of this world is waiting on you to leave this place. And if you don't have an altar at home, you're just not going to make it. And somehow Naaman understood that if I can take Israel back with me, when my king puts his weight on me in the house of Ramon, which literally is the God of thunder. It's the God of loud noises. It's the God of distraction. Anybody ever heard thunder? You can't help but look away from what you're already looking at. When the God of this world starts thundering in the background. When the God of this world starts clashing in the background. Lest I have an altar to fall back on. I just can't make it. I just won't survive. Somebody in this place needs to get to an altar and then take it home with you. Don't just leave it here. Wake up in the morning. Get on the altar. Wake up on Tuesday. Get on the altar. Wake up on Wednesday. Get on the altar. I've been in the trial of my life 
unless I had an altar. Unless I had an altar to climb on. Lest I had an altar when the weight of this world began to press me down. Somebody in this place, you're weary, you're broken, you need an altar in your home. Three weeks ago, the Lord spoke to me in Minden, Louisiana. I was sitting at the desk. I'm done. If you're standing, stay standing. If you're not, you can sit. Three weeks ago, preaching in Minden, Louisiana. I think I've shared about the vision that the man told me in the airport here before. About the fires that are on the map of North America. And how they're going to begin to splinter. And that these fires that are on there right now. No music right now. Thank you, but no music right now. Those fires represent regional dominion that he's giving to churches. So that churches can break the yoke of Satan off of the area. And so that we can set up strongholds, apostolic heavenly strongholds throughout regions, not just cities, regions. God is calling this church to more than just a city. It's calling you to the region. Hear me in the Holy Ghost right now. You're not being called to just Palm Bay. You're being called to this region. And the reason you're being called to this region is because we've got to break the yoke of Satan. And over these next little bit of revival that I get blessed to be here in, we're going to go after the yoke. And we're going to break some stuff. And we're going to see many receive the Holy Ghost in this very altar right here. We're going to see many baptized in the name of Jesus. Because we're coming after the yoke of this region. Three weeks ago, sitting in Minden, the Lord showed me three circles. Never had anything like this. I drew it. I don't have my notebook with me. My study notebook, I drew it. It was the downtown. It was the residential area. And then it was the, the like county area where people live out in the country part, less in residence and less in downtown. The Lord spoke to me and said, I have specific people in churches that I am waiting on them to make their house a house of prayer so that when the yoke gets broken off of the region, their homes become Become fortified dwellings for an angelic host to hold back darkness off of the region. Hear me. God is calling many of us in this place to true apostolic prayer so that we can hold back the darkness, so that we can have the influx of souls that God is calling us to have. Hear me. I see the 830 service full. I see the 1030 service full. I see Wednesday night Bible study full. I see your home full of people getting Bible studies from you. I see prayer going on in the homes of the saints of the most high God. But it won't happen if we don't take it home. We got to get what's happening in the sanctuary. Happening on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's what God tried to do in the shutdown. And many of us, as soon as we started coming back to the house of God, we shut down God in our houses. And God is saying, I need your house to be a house of prayer. lift our hands all across the house.
you're in this room right now and you need a miracle in your body you need the gift of the holy ghost you need a breakthrough in your family you need a breakthrough in your marriage you need a breakthrough in your home in your sin your children you need a breakthrough i'm challenging you to get in the flow right now this altar is open the flow is here there is a divine flow from heaven that is rushing through this place and there are healing agents in this room right now they're ready to set you free they're ready to deliver you they're ready to fill you and guess what when we leave this altar they're ready to go home with you come on there's more that need to be in this altar right now there's more in this place that are fighting the strange waters and you need to be in this altar god is calling you back to the divine flow from heaven come on get here and get in the flow get here throw those hands up Come on, come on. We got to lift our voices. There's a divine flow. Come on, get hooked back up to the flow. Get hooked back up to the flow. Every voice in this house, I'm asking you to be lifted right now. Every voice in this room, I'm asking you to send it unto heaven and get in the flow of the Spirit. Come on, lift your voices. Come on, lift your voices. Let's get in the flow. Come on, prodigal. Today's the day. Come on, child of God. Today's, this is the seventh time in Jordan for some. Come on, ministry team. There's people that need the Holy Ghost. There's people that need stuff. Go and lay hands on them. The flow is here. The flow is here. The flow is here. Come on, come on, come on, get in the water. Come on, don't hold back. Come on, get in the flow. Come on, let's press in. Come on, don't just put your tiptoes in the flow. Get all the way under. Get all the way under. Let it overcome you. Let it overcome you. Come on, visitor, let him fill you up. Come on, child of God, let him bring restoration. Let him bring healing.
you're here and you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus, it is the only name whereby we must be saved. Peter, standing on the day of Pentecost with the keys of the kingdom, said, You must be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. If you're in this room and you've never been baptized, today is the day of salvation. I charge you in the name of the Lord. If you'll come right over here to my left, your right, we will baptize you in Jesus' name. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, lift your hands. Repent of your sins and begin to call upon the name of the Lord and God will fill you with his spirit if you need a miracle the healing flow is here lift your hands and worship him Come on. I command cancer to dry up. I command diabetes to dry up. I command high blood pressure and heart disease to end in Jesus' name. Come on, there's a holy boldness in this room. Come on. Come on. Get enough. Come on. Get enough. Come on. Go again. Some of y'all have dipped three or four times and you're ready to throw in the towel until you look at yourself and you say it's happened. Keep pressing. Keep pressing. Keep pressing. I see some stuff breaking off of people right now. Come on. I command the darkness of this world to leave your home so that you can become a house of prayer. I command the darkness to come off of your marriage. I speak life into your mind. Life into your home. Life into your situation. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Press a little deeper. Come on, that's it. Dip one more time. Come on, that's it. Submerse yourself one more time. Come on, get all the way under one more time. Come on, we've got towels, we've got robes, we've got a private changing room. Do not leave this place until you are baptized in the name of Jesus. You got to get in the water.
Come on, one more time. Would you lift your hands in this house? One more time. Would you lift your voice in this house? Go in one more time. Dip down one more time. Come on, child of God. Come on. Come on. You got to go again. You got to keep going until it changes. You got to keep going until it changes. You got to keep pressing until it changes. I feel this in the Holy Ghost. There's some of y'all that have stepped to the brink of River Jordan. And you've been trying to tell it to part because of the resistance that it takes to get through. But what you've been rebuking, God says, I need you to go in and through. And there's some folks in here who have been rebuking things God is trying to send you into so that you could come out with a healing testimony. There's some folks in this place that have been in the fight of your life and all you've been feeling is the resistance. That resistance is the healing power that's going to bring you out with the testimony to go back into the world and say, look what the Lord has done. Come on. There needs to be a sound of victory in this house right now. I can't imagine Naaman was quiet when he come up out of that water. I can't imagine Naaman was docile when he come up out of that water. There needs to be a sound that says, I once was, but now I'm this. I used to be, but look at what God has done. Come on. Some of y'all need to dance. Come on, come on, come on, get a little wild, come on, come on, take notice of the miracle, God healed me, God sent me. Come on, look at yourself. Come on, try it out. Come on, test the miracle. Come on, see God's done it. Yeah, come on. Now let there be a rejoicing right now. 
Come on. Let there be a sound of I'm coming out today. Let there be a sound of victory in the camp. Pastor Myers just pointed something out. The reason it wasn't one, one mule's burden of earth, but it was two, is because he needed a double portion to go home with. Uh, He didn't just want enough for himself. He wanted to leave with the overflow. And there's an overflow in this house. That's what's trying to bubble up right now. That's what's trying to explode and erupt in this house right now. Is an overflow. Some of y'all need to shout and let it overflow. Some of y'all need to dance and let it overflow. Come on. You are changed. Let it overflow. Let it overflow. Let it overflow. Come on, there's an overflow in this house. We've got two headed to get baptized. If you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, I can show you everywhere in scripture where they were baptized in the name of Jesus. I can show you nowhere where they were baptized in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. You must be baptized in the name of Jesus. That's what the apostle with the keys to the kingdom said. You can't leave this place. Get in covenant with Jesus Christ. East wind one more time. Can we just rejoice and praise the Lord? Come on.